Hi everybody, and welcome back to On Guard Cigar Salon. And I am joined once again with Jim, Race, and we have a new panelist named Graylin. Graylin, who are you? <laughs> well, apparently I'm not legendary. Well, no, <laughs> legendary. You're probably more You're legendary like than any of us. No, I, um, I'm another man who grew up in the Bay Area, um, obviously a black leather man, and my perspective may be a little bit different than my friends here, but we'll work on it. I'm also a past title holder, Mr. Drummer, 1993, uh, which makes it last century, so I'm really old. I'm here too, but I never get recognition. <laughs> oh, and then our producer, Amp, and we're new at this. We're new at this. We're actually very surprised that so many people watched our last episode. Did you think that many would? Shocked. I was absolutely shocked because I watch a lot of videos that only have a thousand people watch and they're great. Yeah. Well, I thought ours was great. Were you surprised? I was very surprised how many watched. Yeah. I watched. You watched. <laughs> and now you're a part of it. And now I'm a part of it. Yes. Okay. Great. Um, so today I want to talk about a topic because I had a boy talking to me um, about his grinder hookup taking too long. And I was like, oh, come on. Do you know what we used to have to do to hook up or find anyone in the BDSM community? Do you? Remember mm -hmm. what we had to do? Mm -hmm. And you're Mr. Drummer, so mm -hmm. one of the prominent places was Drummer Magazine. Right. Classified ads, right? <laughs> yes. Did you ever do a classified ad? I never did a classified ad because I didn't have to. Oh. I was in the Bay Area, so oh. I just went out. You just went to the bars? Yeah. Did you ever do a classified ad? I'm, I answered some, but I never placed one. Yeah, you know, I'm the same. I never placed one, but I did answer a couple. Yeah. Did you? I did, but in a different, not in a kink magazine, in an actual newspaper. Right, because back then, to find another gay human, especially in the smaller right? smaller communities where they didn't have the gay bars, people put in the newspaper, mm -hmm. Right. gay it, for gay. Right, in the Buffalo News, there was an area called um, the Meeting Place, and it started after like New York Magazine had the classifieds in the back of the magazine mm -hmm. and it got all kind of press. And about two years later, they did a men for men and a women for women. And so that was the access that when you're in a smaller city that doesn't have like the, the notoriety or the number of people like the Bay Area. Well, so uh, you, you, you worked for Drummer Magazine or did you just go to Brush Creek? Uh, I will only work for Brush Creek, but I hung out in the Drummer offices all the time. So did you ever go through the uh, the responses of the mail of people mailing it in? Okay, see now that that's that's kind of funny because yes <laughs> because it was humorous and it and it was um, entertainment for us. Yeah. Which which I'm so sorry that we used to laugh at those ads and all of that, but you know it's it's kind of the way it was. We needed entertainment because we only worked for a porn company. I have a question. <laughs> I have a question. Uh, we haven't really explained what Drummer Magazine is oh, yet. We've just kind of oh, gone into... Uh, like, I know what Drummer Magazine is because I used to work at Mr. S and we would literally, like, ship out Drummer Magazine. We had a, a stockpile of them. But, like, kids these days, nowadays, definitely don't know what Drummer Magazine is. Oh, wow. So, Drummer Magazine was probably... This is before online. 
So it's the only BDSM porn we could actually really go to. It had the stories in it, it had the pictures. It was on that high quality phone book stock paper. <laughs> and, and, and to place it in time, it started in 1975. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So long time ago. And then it also started, uh, which came first, drummer or IML? Do you know this? IML. Oh, IML, IML because drummer ran for IML the first time. Mm. Wait, oh, yes. They, weren't they merged at one time? No. No? I, I want to think IML started in 1977. Oh. I may be wrong. We know our facts here. We, 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 <laughs> this is the place to come for facts. But, but when you say, when did it start, do you mean the magazine or the title? I mean the title system. So, Mr. International Leather started as Mr. Leather? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mr. Drummer had its own contest system. Yes. Which you are a title holder of. Yeah. Yeah. How was that for you? You know, the funny thing is, is the man sitting next to me was one of the judges. Oh, really? I didn't know <laughs> that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's great. Oh, yeah. I always joke, I made him. No, he I'm made kidding. me. I wouldn't be the man I am today had it not been for Ray's Put that on the shirt. But boy, he, he really did win it. It was, it was an impressive performance. So, and I got a job at Drummer Magazine in 1992, the year before you won. Mm -hmm. And so that's how long I've known you. I know. I, <laughs> you didn't have to say it like that. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to break down what it used to take to hook up. Now, I, rem I remember, because this was the only porn there was, there was no internet. I, I remember when I turned 20, driving to downtown Phoenix, Arizona, to a dirty bookstore to buy this magazine, being afraid that they're gonna recognize me and call my parents, that's how, how scared I was, and I'd go jack off in my car reading it. And part of what I would jack off to are the classified ads, because oh. it, was, it made me feel like there's other men out there that want to do what I wanna do. But I wanna break down this process of what you had to do to hook up with someone, so this magazine, probably the last half of the magazine was all cl classified ads, right? So describe what you would have to do to A, place an ad and then how to respond to it. Do you, do you remember yeah. how to do this? In, um, when Drummer first had its, ad, they, um, its ads, they came from the Leather Fraternity, which was a kind of hookup mechanism prior to Drummer. And so a lot of those ads moved over into Drummer mm -hmm. and they were coded. So you would place an ad with Drummer, let's say in this case, and they would um, assign a box number, a number to you. Right, because nobody would put their address or phone no. number in an ad because you didn't want to be doxxed by the police or the local community you're in. We, everybody used, um, even even outside of Drummer, people would use peel boxes yep. because nobody wanted uh, an address and a, a name associated with it, et cetera. So you would have a box, and if you saw an ad that you liked, that you wanted to respond to, so you would write a letter and send it to the Drummer office and indicate that it was this ad by the box number that you were interested in. And they would then do the forwarding of your letter 
to the person who placed the ad. So this is already taking a full week waiting oh, for the mail oh, system at least. to deliver it to... <laughs> the whole process, I did it a number of times, was about six weeks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. to, for a yeah. hookup. Yeah, for right. a hookup. <laughs> None of this. But, but the thing, now. But the thing is, in, in, in race, you you weren't sure if the other person was going to respond. So think about that. You know, right. you placed this ad, you sent it in, you hoped that yeah. the magazine because you could hang for their, weeks. What if they didn't weeks. like you? They're not writing back. Right, right. <laughs> so you know, six weeks pass by and you rejected. Okay. So can I also point out? None of these have a picture. Right. So you don't know what the person looks like you're writing. So it merely had to be the description that they wrote. And each one of these ads cost kind of like a lot of money, depending on words, how many words you used. Yeah, usually by word count. So yeah. there were a lot of abbreviations that as a newbie, I had no idea what CBT, TT, all these things meant. Uh, that was just general vernacular for how you hook up. Wait, I have a question. Were yeah. those highlighted people specifically? Oh, I highlighted them because we're going to get to that. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, want a, I want a dramatic reading. Yeah, oh, we're doing reading. a dramatic reading. Okay. Right. But I just want to say, so now, if you think about it, a 30-year-old right now, when did uh, Grindr come out Ooh. on the iPhone? When did iPhones come out? 2013, 2014? So as an adult, they have been able to hook up online fairly quickly with pictures, like cock shocks, everything, uh, and get instant yes producer. This just in, it came out in uh, 2009, 12 years ago. Oh, okay. 12 okay. years ago. 12 years ago. Wow. So that means a 32-year-old has had this all their life. Yeah. yeah. Now, you now, know. Does that make you feel old or what? I was already feeling old. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, like Graylin, you were saying you were here in the Bay Area. When I lived in New York in the mid-70s, mm -hmm. you just go out and do whatever. When I moved back to Buffalo, you're right. We had to go to, there was only one porn shop that, that carried gay magazines, even though there were other ones. And actually, we started learning those codes, CBT, TT, and... Where did you learn it? Out of Drummer Magazine. Drummer magazine. Mm -hmm. And you know, even though in the city we might have played or whatever, I don't think we used that vernacular. And all of a sudden, because of personal ads, that became kind of our shorthand. Yeah. That's how we started talking in bars and everything else. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I mean, even talking about the magazine that you're holding right now, growing up in the Bay Area, we knew most of those people. In fact, the two people on the cover there, I know well or knew well, and one of them I knew better than the other. So for us, we could just go out there right. and meet those people and talk to those people. Well, you were very, very lucky. Connected. You were, you were <laughs> Mr. Drummer. Everyone wanted you. Well, I, I also think it's <laughs> We hear you loud and clear, Raylan. No, the people who wanted black men wanted Oh, them. sure, sure. So how was that? How was that going through the classifieds? You know, because one of the things I noticed in here, uh, rereading them, because it's been a while, is there was no fat spins, no Asians. They were very clear about yeah. ruling people out yeah. up front. Mm -hmm. How's that changed today, or do you think it has? So, I mean, I brought a magazine oh, with sure. me. Let's oh, see let's this. see this. Now, you know, while you're doing... 
Oh, well, I was going to say, while he's doing that, like, faps, no faps, no femmes, no Asians, like, that's been a big thing recently, but only because the Drag Race queens have been oh, very really? adamant about it. Like, they've, they've done music videos, they've done ad campaigns, like, it's only been recently that even, like, I think Grindr has even done stuff that's, like, that's really inappropriate, you know? They do, like, PSAs and videos against that kind of stuff. Um, well, well, you know, Graylin, I had a good, a good friend of mine back in the 70s, black gay guy, who always said to me, you know, I am a gay black man, not a, bla a black gay man, because I identify more with the gay community the way that I am now. And is that how you felt being where you, because you just mentioned only people who wanted black guys, you know, wanted me. See, I was the opposite. I identified as black first and then gay, gay. Interesting. because I was born black and knew black early on because I grew up in the Bay Area. Gay to me wasn't a big deal, again, because I grew up in the Bay Area. So that wasn't even something that I thought about. Interesting. I thought about being black, not much about being gay. But even like in this magazine that I have, which is called Gay Black Men. Mm -hmm. the oh, is that what GBM stands for? Yes. Oh, you didn't know? <laughs> <laughs> You work I with don't know us. <laughs> Actually, I've never heard that acronym. Really? Really? GBM, I've never heard that acronym. Oh, they used to have in there GBM, just like MWM or yeah. J White Male. Yeah, GWM. Really I, know, I know LOL. Uh, I know. <laughs> I know. Uh, I know BBC, wow. you know, the British Broadcasting. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> see, we had. Gay black men, and so the ads in here are mostly ads paced by white men looking for black oh. men, and rarely the other way around. Really? Yes. And so most of the black men that I knew didn't want to answer these because they were white men looking for black men specifically. Oh, interesting. And it was it was the fetishization that oh, they were looking definitely. for. And you know, and there were clubs like Black White Men Together, yeah. which to us meant these are only white men who want to fetishize us. Right. Um, and if we weren't black, they would want nothing to do with us. Awful. Was that a local distribution or did that go national? Oh, no, this is national. This was put this out was by, national? can we say who put this out? Yeah. yeah. Okay. This was a Brush Creek Media magazine. Oh, and In okay. fact, I was brought onto Brush Creek Media specifically to be the editor of this magazine. Oh, wow. You guys all talk about it and you seem to know what Brush Creek Media is. I have no idea. Oh, it's, uh, they, they did great videos. Great Yes, videos. because our video producer is right there. Well, he's the director. director I directed Austin. all of their Brush Creek they Media were because good. Graylin was my boss. <laughs> <laughs> he produced them. Yes. As yes. a matter of fact, I think in that magazine, you have one of the, what was the name of the movie that <laughs> okay. Can we show and, this? And so I have make sure it's okay. There's no, porn, right? There's no penis on the back of this. Okay, that's fine. Okay. I mean, we, I can blur it out later, I guess, okay. but... This movie, I remember <laughs> Gamma Beta Mu. You should show that camera. Oh, that's a butt. Yep. Yeah, that's a lot of butt. <laughs> that's a lot of butt. <laughs> can you put a little furry thing on it? Oh, yeah, no, I'll, I'll, I'll blur it just for you. I'll blur it just for you, Graylin. So, this was a... Uh, did we shoot this at the Black House? We shot it at the Black House! Oh my God. <laughs> was that the Black Sex Club there, on Black House. And we shot a Black movie in the Black House. And <laughs> what I'll never forget okay, is, is we were doing an orgy. I remember two things from that day. We were oh, doing God. an orgy scene. And right in the middle, you stopped. 
and literally, what did you feed them? You started. I, okay, I, I wanted black food <laughs> at the black, for the black cast. And part of black food, I think we had ribs and some chicken and some black eyed peas. No. Beans. Oh, so funny. he started serving the entire cast. Baked beans, oh, chicken, before the orgy. No. I was doing lights with my camera operator. I come in and everyone is just chowing down. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. Have you ever bottomed before? Um, that is yeah, a riot. but you know, I wasn't in the movie. So oh, I wanted beans. I was going to murder you that day. Oh, I remember that very well because you were like, you can't serve beans. You can't serve beans. And you were taking food away from black people. <laughs> and the one white guy and the, the black guy. You can't. <laughs> taking away their food. <laughs> that is Typical. a riot. Well, we got to tell people the reason why it was the black house, it was a house on Castro that everything was painted black. Right. It was the only one that had the outdoor in the back because it had a backyard. So it had that those little um, kind of porches, mm -hmm. but everything inside was painted black. And that's black. where we would shoot. Now, the second thing is not sexual, but what I remember is getting a call, loading up the back of my mm -hmm. truck with the equipment. Princess Di died that day. Mm -hmm. And I just being devastated. Yes. And I, it was just, so I'll always remember that shoot. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for ruining that day. It's <laughs> <laughs> so funny. So now the other thing that this jogged my memory about is photography was not as easy as well. None of these people had pictures, right? But when you responded to an ad, you sent a photo of yourself and why you wanted to be with this person and you mailed it. But do you remember what you would have to do to get a picture of yourself nude? You would have to yeah. take a picture, not know what, how it turned out, take it to a store and develop it, come back three days later, get the prints, hope that Kodak didn't like look at them and right. be <laughs> terrified and then send them in. Um, also, when we did these magazines, it wasn't digital. How did we used to have to print these things? We would have to take pictures. We'd have to cut sometimes with rubber cement and text and paste, paste and take a print oh, of wow. it. And, and I know a lot of gay men who knew specific photo developers who would, that you could go to and they would do nudes Mm -hmm. even sexual if you wanted, but at least you felt safe that they could do it. But I had at least three roles from a developer just disappear because it, they never processed them. And I'm sure it's because there were nudes on them. Yeah. Well, if you remember the camera shop on the corner of 18th and Castro was one of the only camera shops that you could go to and have your pictures printed. However, we all suspected that they made copies for themselves. <laughs> ah, <sure. laughs> I, mean, I would if I worked there. This is part of it. It's like, okay, here's my film. You can have yours. I'll get mine. But could you imagine living in a smaller community like you did right. and not knowing whether it's okay to do that or not? Well, you couldn't do it. You just did Polaroids because you're right. Polaroids. Went, you remember Polaroids. I yeah. love but Polaroids. Race, <laughs> you know, you were lucky because I didn't have this happen to me. But people saying, oh, my God, I got contacted that it was pornography because I had a nude in a smaller city. So people had a hard time. They really did. I was in Chicago and um, we had a particular developer that everyone went to, um, a gay guy who worked in a camera shop. 
and that's where we got everything developed. Or we used Polaroids. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting because of the magazines. Do you know, I being, I'm not online, as you all know, I still get a hard copy of The Advocate. And do you know, when it's mailed to me, it has white paper covering it in the mail so that people don't see it's The Advocate still. To this still day, today? Today. It comes in the old brown paper package um, because of the mail in smaller markets. In San Francisco, it wouldn't be a problem. In this New York, it wouldn't. But these people, that's their only touchstone or getting it, and it's still coming in a brown paper bag. And I don't think most people, younger people today, realize that when we had something developed or any kind of nude, it was going to be labeled pornography by a lot of people. We were nervous all the time. So we always had to be very, very careful about sharing the photo. Where were we mailing it? Are we mailing it somewhere where we're sure it's going to go to the right place and not be a police well, officer or something like that. We were, it was we were, well, just think in 1975, John Lennon was deported from the United States for line drawings oh. of nudes. Well, I, speaking from a, a young person, I remember the first book I bought at probably about 16 in a, uh, what was it called? Not Barnes and Noble, but Borders. Back when they oh, had yeah. Borders, um, it was back in the day. It was back. But Borders, 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 Borders closed. So I thought it was still there. <laughs> Borders I went to has since closed. It was at a big mall. I don't know how malls incorporated into the yeah. kids' culture anymore. But we used to hang out at the malls. And I bought a, I bought a. It was a gay magazine. It was called Wink. W I N Q. And I remember buying it with my like gay best or my my girlfriend. And she looked at it, she's like, oh, so risque. It had this little twink like on the front and like long stockings. You could kind of see the curve of his butt. But even then it was in like the weirdest part of the bookstore. Yeah. It was clearly kind of hidden off to the side. And I remember buying it and just being so nervous because the, the attendant was like this, this older woman. And she was just kind of like, you know, looking at that, looking at me. And I remember reading it and I still have it. It's somewhere upstairs, but it's the only time I ever bought a periodical, a, a gay really? periodical. Yep. Yeah, you had to go to porn stores to get anything, even like The Advocate, which is pretty political. It's not that sexual. Still was not in a regular newsstand. There were a lot of uh, newsstands that would tuck adult stuff away mm -hmm. in a particular corner. The, the Playboy, which was acceptable. Right. <laughs> but then there was the gay stuff kind of tucked behind, behind it. Because it. Yeah. remember, those had plastic things that you only saw was the title Playboy. You couldn't see the cover. Yep. So they would actually cover it up even if there wasn't anybody naked on it. That's how provincial the United States is. But you know, I mean, even here in San Francisco, just walking down Castro or Polk Street, which was even better than Castro back in the day, um, you had all the magazines right in the window. Yeah. And the porn covers right in the window. Everything was there. I so we could see everything. Yeah, I remember that from Pope before everybody went. Well, I went on vacation to Rio. And one of the things that amazed me there is, you know, the sidewalk newsstands all had gay, straight, just hanging right out. Back in the 70s, absolutely no problem. You could go up and buy whatever. And then coming back to the United States, and here's everything still in a porn shop in a brown wrapper, you know, wrapper. You know, we're talking about um, drummer ads, and I think the experience of, for those of us that were in urban, dense, highly gay, with a leather community environment, we didn't use the ads necessarily as much because we could right. go to the bar. Exactly. Could, but imagine you're in a small town. Those are the people mm -hmm. who really, really needed those ads. It was their only connection to anyone. Came it was. Through. So <clears throat> I'll just go through here because they're listed by state. So I can just, I can read. Indiana, three ads. Iowa, one ad. Kansas, one ad. Kentucky, seven ads. Louisiana, one ad. Maryland, two. 
Massachusetts, 10. <laughs> oh, Massachusetts? New York is a whole page. <laughs> <laughs> but probably New York or downstate, not upstate. <laughs> now, the other thing about these ads is they're oddly very specific to fetish. Mm -hmm. uh, so this was the place, because if you went to a bar, unless they're flagging what they're into, you don't know what they're into, right? Oh. So this was the place where you could go if you're into a very specific thing, race, type of person, um, this is how you would find it. Back then, because I, I was a very young leather boy, you know, in the 20s, in, in my 20s and stuff. But the older leather men, the Alan Selby's and mm. uh, Philip Turner and those guys, your whatever color you wore actually had to coincide with your fetish. So if you had, well, piping wasn't invented yet. But if you had on socks was a big thing to Philip Turner. Right. So if you had on what we called Daisy Dudes, but were the, <laughs> the not that I wore those every Sunday. But, <laughs> but, but they got on you know, photo of that. If you, if, you, if you had on shorts and boots, which you had to have on because Alan Selby would not let you ever Go any place without you, you boots. You need to explain who Philip Turner and Alan Selby is. Yeah, pay, yeah. Okay, Alan Selby was the original Mister S. S. That's what the S, 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 S is. And, and he Mr. was S. he was at everything, yes. and very friendly, and was actually my very first guide. And I can tell you how that happened later. But Philip was so in tune to socks that your socks had to be your fetish. So, and Alan Selby wouldn't let you wear well, tennis shoes in it. Yeah, Alan part. Selby, you could not wear tennis shoes at all. And if he saw you in tennis shoes, you know the little, um, the, the black stripe around the bottom of the tennis shoes that they had back in the day? Yeah. He would make you uh, marker out your tennis shoes. Oh. So you, you so you, if so you were in the Eagle, you had to, uh, marker out the whole thing. So like at the door you would have to do oh, that? Oh yeah, as soon as he saw you. It's, and he would say things like, I can't believe it, dear. Can, have you ever seen such a thing? That was his That was his phrase. So it, it, do you remember they had a ton of restrictions at the door of like the eagle and Oh yeah, thing. I loved it. Like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't wear cologne. Right, right. Uh, actually deodorant was even frowned upon. Right. right? Uh, can you imagine trying to do that today? You couldn't even do that at Blow Buddies. Blow Buddies, Blow Buddies didn't allow cologne. cologne they used to do that stuff for you. And, it, and in New York, they actually had a sign at one of the bars because it was trendy at the time no patchouli. Oh, when everybody oh, wore patchouli. Everybody wore Yeah, patchouli. But this is how much things have changed because I am very excited to announce we have our first paying sponsor for our show. Is it patchouli? No, it's, <laughs> it's the opposite of patchouli. It is Leather Daddy Skin Company. <laughs> they contacted us, and I have actually been using this for over a year. They're a startup. They're an amazing company. And actually, I'm going to make you smell this. Smell it live on smell camera. Smell it live on camera. 4K. I'll hold you. I never, ever do cologne. And this thing really, it really goes really well. Pull it or pull it, yeah. Oh, that's not bad. It's right? not. I was so ready to hate you. I, know. I was going to hate Me too. <laughs> so Leather Daddy Skin Company is a plant-based skincare line with a kinky twist. 
Leather, scotch, vanilla, and 18 erotic spices are bound to get the blood flowing, getting you ready to dominate your day. We will put the link down below. If you go to leatherdaddyskinco.com and use offer code ONGUARD, you get 10% off your first order. Thank you, and Leather Daddy. Daddy. Oh, yeah. I love that they're plant-based because I eat plant-based. So. Right. Yeah. So you can eat all of them. I, could you, eat. You can, <laughs> I don't know if that is what you should be doing, but yeah, no, their sh uh, shampoo and beard oil is amazing. Okay. Yeah, so, but I have black beard and it's different. It, no, it actually works. He has works like black three beard. different. Do you have black friends to try that on? You're my only black friend, Graylin. That's what, and I better be. Because <laughs> if you have another, anyway. No, but honestly, it smells. It smells like leather. Like leather. And if I was going to like hug somebody and they were wearing that, I would be turned on because Me too, I'd be okay. Yeah. 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 But they should have one, but I was going to say, they should have one that smells like cum. Can you say cum? I mean, I mean, you can, you can, yeah, you can. You can. Did you, you ever can. notice that uh -huh. brie cheese tastes like cum? Brie cheese. Maybe that's an episode for another time. Um, back to the hanky code, getting the bars. Like there were, there were apparently hanky codes for the hanky codes. So the leather daddies who all stood up at the top of the eagle, we had to report to them. So Philip Turner, who was one of the leather daddies, will require you to have your socks two fingers above the top of your boot. Oh, and I like that. And the color of the sock had to match your kink. So if you were a fister, you had to have red. If you were in the piss, you had to have yellow. And they would never let you switch it because it was the hanky code. Oh, right? interesting. And then when the piping came out, and we were all excited about piping, the piping also had to match your kink. So if you were Fister, everything had to be red. Even your t-shirt, you, your t-shirts had to match your kink. And now those have gone out the window with well, the sportswear and fetish yeah, and everything. That's confusing because I'm looking <laughs> Are you confused? You know, I'm looking at boys and they have on oh, yellow or orange, especially with orange. And I think <laughs> you're into everything because you have on an orange hanky, some orange, an orange jock strap, an orange collar, which I can't understand how you have on an orange they, collar. So the <laughs> kink has changed. It's fashion has changed. Yes. No, it hasn't. That brings us to how people connect today. Yes. How do you think apps in the connections now people have are affecting us? We don't have a lot of those mentors that handhold us anymore. We don't. And I think the bars have become social venues, yeah. not cruising venues, at yes. least for the most part. Right. So that's the number one thing I've noticed is I get most of my hookups now through recon yep. uh, because to me, it's like a menu. I can see what they've done with their pictures. Mm. I can see who they know, who their friends are. Uh, that gives me a lot of insight into who they are. Um, and then I go to the bars just to socialize. I rarely hook up at a bar. And I think um, locally, I know this for a fact since I've, I've done it myself, you go to a bar, you socialize, you go home, and you go online and you hook up. And sometimes I will hook up with somebody I was just talking to at the bar, but now we're connecting. <laughs> <laughs> so, so now what apps do you use? Um, I use Scruff. Mm -hmm. I use Recon mostly, mm -hmm. um, and those are really the two main ones I use. And how successful are you with them? Scruff is a more immediate thing, 
Um, and I really like it when I travel because it's GPS based and I know that somebody's uh, in the same hotel or oh. down the street from me. So I like that. Um, recon tends to be um, not an immediate hookup thing. I will communicate with them. We talk. I find out their kinks. We'll make a plan. But it's not an immediate hookup kind of thing. At least I don't find it that way. What do you use, Graylin? I use Recon and Scruff. However, I, I have to say that, um, especially with Scruff, being black mm. on there, just like those personal ads, I get hit up by the people who are looking for black men specifically. Yeah, I saw a couple of those in here. White slave looking for black men. Yeah, and the same, yeah. it happens and, on Scruff reverse, also. Yeah. Well, you know, because I'm not on any of it. I'm really not. But, you know, one of the interesting things to me when I hear this is that when you used to hook up in the bar, that's how you expanded your world. When it's like even this is putting us kind of like we're in the news bubble. Like we only go to, you know, really liberal, de you know, democratic sites and, and that's all you get all the time. When you used to hook up in the bar, you know, you met somebody, they were hot. You went home, you never knew what you were going to get. So you might learn, you might not like it, but you might love it. And it was a way to really expand within the community what you know and what you do. I actually like the lack of specificity when... Well, there's I, a word. Isn't that a word? <laughs> <laughs> I like saying that word. Specificity. I, I practiced that one. Um, no, um, I liked the discovery. Mm -hmm. I, I sometimes don't like the fact that it's uh, there's a menu. Yeah, you know what you're getting. That I know exactly what I, I kind of like the discovery part. So um, there's a pro and a con to that. Yeah. But you know what's missing? So, you know, back in the day, we reported to the leather daddies and it was a rule and a strict rule that if we were talking to someone in the bar, the leather daddies had to know them. And we, they not only had to know them, we had to tell them where we were going and who it was with. And they had veto power. So at any point, Ooh, Alan Selby yeah. could look at me and say, oh, no, dear, you're not going home with him. And, <laughs> and, it, was, and it was strict. Now, that's kind of interesting because it's kind of like the drag world, you know, with the drag houses and people staying together. Was there a parallel there, do you think? We didn't know drag houses. No. Oh, they did in New York. But, but, but I, I know what you're saying. <laughs> Explain drag houses. Well, well, I had a good friend who was a drag queen and they had a drag mother. I think that's on mm. RuPaul's Drag Race, isn't it? But it was similar in that they socialized together. <laughs> did you just ask me if that was... A, that, whoop, uh, uh. But... And that's how, because a good friend of mine, my roommate was a drag queen, and that's how the drag mother was in their drag house. And, you know, they were kind of, it was a little bit militaristic in some ways, like you're saying. I think there's a very strong parallel between that and somebody like an Alan Selby or any leather daddy or person who would kind of guide newcomers or younger people. Um, so I think it, there is a parallel. Yeah. And they often had their own family right. of people that they would watch out for. And guide and help and make sure that they don't go home with the wrong person. Right. right. And the, the quick Alan Selby to RuPaul. No. No. <laughs> no. No. Nobody did but, not. I just make sure. And we never but will. It was also the way that they used to control bad tricks was you were all connected. And mm -hmm. if somebody was really known as a bad trick, mm -hmm. because the same fetishization fetitization happened with the drag world and this friend of mine would say you know you don't want to go home with a bad trick and we you know we keep that within our we know what's going on and it's verbal where we really communicate with one another and there was a protective mechanism the leather scene had a blacklist yeah 
Definitely. <laughs> to use Definitely. it. Like, to use oh, it. I know. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And we know people who were on, at least I'm, I'm sure I could name some people that you would know who were on it. Oh, yeah. And it was actually a little bit kind of fun to be in the bar talking to at least one specific person who I have in mind and see what the other leather daddies were going to do. So, you know, you could go over there and talk. And do you remember Irwin Kane? Oh, oh, oh Daddy Irwin. So, Daddy Irwin. I remember very specifically being at the Eagle talking to one person and Ray Tilton coming up and tapping me on the shoulder and saying, Daddy Irwin wants you. And me getting up, going to the, to the uh, stage at the Eagle and Daddy Irwin saying, sit. And I had to sit there just because I had been talking to this guy. And I did. I sat there for the whole time. Oh, this, this was like putting you in the corner? Oh, yeah, Did you have absolutely. to put your nose in there? No, no, but everyone knew I was there. So, you know, okay. I'm sitting there as everyone else is kissing and fucking in the bar because you could do that then. That, well, Daddy Irwin used to run the piercing right across from your yes. apartment. Yeah. That piercing, yes. didn't yes. he? Yes, he did. You know, I, I think it's important to, to point out that we, that we did watch out for each other yeah. with that. I was in Denver teaching a class and I was giving an example of, you know, there's somebody in San Francisco that we just tell people not to play with. And I'm not gonna name a name, but we just tell people not to, not to play with them. And somebody in the class raised their hand and said, would that be so-and-so in Denver? Oh, no. <laughs> they, they knew who this person was because yes. this, this kind of network of you just don't play with those kinds of So I feel like that people. still happens to a degree. It does. Today. It does. But I mean we do have app. a close knit part But if you're on an app, you oh, know, no. I could hook up with anybody on an app. I'm not gonna call well, I might call race. Right. And say, Do you know this guy? But for you know but how many times have you hooked up with someone on an app and then you told someone who it was and they were like, Oh, why'd you do that? That's happened recently. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> oh. Okay, we, we have to talk about that. <laughs> That's for off camera. That would oh, be a good yeah. after. But this is also something that I, I'm curious about because when I answered ads in Drummer or Classifieds, it, because it took so much effort to do and so much time to set up, even if the scene wasn't great or the hookup wasn't great, I remained friends with them after. Uh, do you think that still? occurs in this day of instant gratification? Um, I think it does. I mean, I've certainly hooked up with people through, you know, online mechanisms and it's been, you know, good, not necessarily, you know, fireworks, Right. but I've remained friends with them and, and they're nice people. It just happened not to be a perfectly yeah. synced sexual right. thing, but okay. yeah, I think it happens now. Well, I can remember back in the day hooking up and people being kind of comfortable with saying, you know, this just really isn't working. Yeah. Because you knew him from the bar or you knew somebody who did. And it was really kind of comfortable. And since I'm not on the apps, I don't know if that happens. Like if I went home with someone and, um, you know, back in the day, I pretty much functioned as a top and a dom. Went home with this guy. We really liked each other, had great conversations. He was really into opera. I wasn't, but it was a big topic <laughs> in the leather bars at the time. Yeah. And we had this great conversation. We went home and we realized, oh, we're both tops. Mm. And we just... Yeah. I think we watched a movie or something. Yeah. I forget what we did, <laughs> but we just hung out. So an another thing I, I was thinking about is how often, so I find it less and less now through the apps. I find that people, pictures generally match what they look like in person now. Whereas mm -hmm. back in Grayland's day. Uh, <laughs> Which is also your Rarely, day. they would have a picture and rarely did they look like that. And I have a theory on that one. 
it's because it took so much time to develop films. They kept that one picture where they look good <laughs> for 10 years <laughs> wow. because it took too much to develop a new one. Or I think as you get older, you kind of feel like you still look like you used to. But that's a good theory. It is. Yeah. But you know, once at Smoke Out, we were sitting at the pool, me and you, mm -hmm. and I was talking to this guy, asked how old I was, and he goes, oh, your internet age is 55. Internet age. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't we used to call that AOL age? Like AOL, AOL inches? inches? Yes. Yeah, remember, remember AOL inches? Oh, yeah. Yes, oh, yeah. the AOL, AOL boards. Yeah. You know, way. are you really that big or is it AOL? Yeah. Why is it yeah. AOL? But you know, Race, you brought up something really interesting to me because this happened recently with uh, the little fucker that I've, I've collared. You know, he... Um, <laughs> Did I say fucker? Yes. He must be so proud. <laughs> no, that's his name. Yeah. Like we have his, he decided he was little fucker because he doesn't fit any other of the moles. And he really is a little fucker. That's However, okay. I call him cigar pig. So yeah, that's fine. so it's perfect. <laughs> but what I find online, so for instance, you know, he's talking to some guy and the guy's name is something top daddy. Right? Mm -hmm. And so he's talking to this guy, and then the guy sort of assumes that he's actually his top daddy. And oh. I had to explain to people, it's like, oh, no, 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 this is fantasy. He's mine. I'm just letting you have a good time with him, but then you're going home, and I'm still the top. So I, I find that people get a little confused when they're online. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I found the very first ad that was in issue number one of Drummer. Okay. Um, and it was uh, from Alabama, because it was alphabetical, right? So right. that was the very <laughs> so first one. So this is one. the very right. first ad. And, and by the way... And what year are we talking? Um, this was, I assume this is 1975, I think. Okay. So it would be the first issue. Wow. Um, and eventually, they just so everyone um, has some context, they went from state by state, and then eventually had a nationwide, and the nationwide category kept growing and growing and growing. Really? And my theory is that that's because people started to travel more. Yeah. Um, events and mm. contests and things like that, whereas once upon a time they didn't. So this is the very first ad. It's um, Fort Payne, M, Pisces, every mm. oh, yeah. astrological sign. Yes, oh, that right. was a yeah. huge thing. Well, in the 70s, the song Aquarius, everybody yep. was just looking like that was the new, remember that? Hair. Hair, <laughs> exactly. Hair brought it out, the song Aquarius. Back to being show queens, are we? The first Broadway nude, yes. No, um, Fort Payne, M, Pisces, five foot, seven inches, 125. White, mm. six inches, knowledgeable, unusual, slow pain experiments, no booze, drugs, box, and then the box number. Love Wait, it. no booze and dr just drugs or no, no, no drugs? No drugs. <laughs> the way no booze, just drugs. The way, it's, the way it's written is no booze or slam a drug drugs got it but, okay. I, but i think that's important because th there's an assumption that the the um not playing under the influence is a more current thing and that's not true back in the day oh absolutely a lot of people wouldn't consensual. go home it was, well, you remember people who were really drunk, nobody would go home with right. because you knew it was yeah. disaster. Well, and not, and not if it Raylan was going to be. wasn't so bad. <laughs> BDSM especially. Yeah. It, it, and if you didn't know them and they were under the influence, you said, ah, maybe I'm not going to go there. You might go fucking suck, but 
Can I say something? Do you remember when we used to have cards printed up? Oh, yeah. That's somebody you'd give your card oh, to. Oh, God. Do you remember, remember the we had our cards? on the cards? Yes. Like, yes. A rating system? Yes. Yes. Never so oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. If someone and, gave you, if you gave me your card, uh-huh. at, usually at the bottom, um, there were some numbers. Mm-hmm. And then you could circle one so that when I got home, I could look at it and go, oh, here's a five. <laughs> right. They had that already printed no, up for yes. the bar, The bars would actually have oh, the, the cards. Yeah. So right, that's but where you could scribble a name and number, mm-hmm. but you could also... So helpful. Oh, so they helpful. all had cards with their logo on the front. And then, you know, you had your address book and you used to staple people's cards in under the alphabet. Yep. And you'd look through your address book if you had a slow night. The other thing that people used to do is if they didn't have cards in the bar is matchbooks. Yeah, the matchbooks. And so I had a roommate once. <laughs> And I walked into his room and his his dresser had a mountain of matchbooks and it was all names and addresses from bars. Isn't that funny? There was a friend of mine, we were at a party and he said, oh God, your house is beautiful. Oh, this stuff is gorgeous. What's the most valuable thing you have in here? And he goes, my address book. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I have a question though, Race. Okay, so there was one ad from Alabama, right? Mm -hmm. So does that mean... If you're in Alabama, you're kind of stuck with that guy? Yeah. Is, there yeah. no one else? Is there no one else in Alabama? <laughs> like, God, I got this guy. <laughs> well, that's my point. Was that when these millennials are complaining about the instant gratification taking too long of their scruff, and like... There's, There's only like one, one guy, guy being on scrum. <laughs> I'm in the state. <laughs> I remember even in Los Angeles in the early 80s, if you wanted rope bondage, there was one guy you really went to. That was it. Now it's it's a oh, yeah. very common Everywhere. skill. Well, you, you know what I wonder about that, though? Now, if you hook up immediately, and, and I guess that's what people do with these apps. Back then, I mean, you really had to get to know and try with people, too, because it took so much to finally meet them that you thought, well, maybe there is some I'm going to see this ground. through. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's a lot of work to get here. <laughs> I, think, I think back in the day, you were more likely to come to some common ground with somebody rather than say, oh, you're not into X, Y. Writing them off. Yeah, right. Their off. nipples are too yeah. big. Yeah. 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 So, exactly. Yeah. Your dick is too big. Uh, nobody's ever said that. Uh, yes. Well, uh, I do have an ad I want to read because it's from GBM Magazine. This one says, Love 69. Oh. Like, who cares? Everyone's 69. This is your internal voice. Oh, no, okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 I don't okay. think it would be characterized. Let's do your dramatic reading. Dramatic reading. Love 69. White male seeking black male studs in Southeast Bay, but all okay. I'm in my 50s, 5'8", 155 pounds, educated, slender, um, HIV negative, love 69, and being bottom uh, with condom. Please, no BS can travel. So hot, so hot, so hot. I mean, and when you, the reason I read that is because if you were to put that in scruff now, no one would want any of that. And what's the educated part for? I know, what is that about? To make you think he's not stupid. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Because you know, who wants educated? It's like, but can you fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Well, himbos weren't a thing back then. Himbos weren't a thing. No. And, you know, just one quick thing, because our host asked me to bring this. Yes. So, 
Drummer Magazine. I'm oh, who cover. is that hot man on the cover? I don't know. It's oh the my only God. black man to ever be on the cover of Drummer Magazine. Ever? Who it is. Yes, it ever? is. And there's yes, your name. Is. You're kidding yes. me. No, it's not a joke. Show it to that camera. Only black man to ever be on the cover of Drummer Magazine. Wow. But the reason I'm saying that is because it was a requirement oh. as Mr. Drummer to not only be on the cover of the magazine, but we had to do a centerfold. So during Ooh, okay. my interview, uh, the panel asked me if I had any problems with nudity. And the person who asked me was Michael Bales. We know him, don't we? Oh, we do. And <laughs> uh, Michael Bales asked me, do you have any problem with nudity? So I took off all my clothes in the interview just to show them I had no problem with the nudity. <laughs> but, I, not yeah. just because you're a hoe. <laughs> and, I, and I was one of the judges. And trust me, that, that made an impression. I <laughs> <laughs> you know, and let me say that Graylin, along with people like Brian Dawson and a few others, were, in my opinion, some of the great Mr. Drummers. Yeah, they they not only won the title, but they kept going with the community. They actually kept giving back. They 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 didn't just win the title and drop out after the year. So props to you. Thank yeah, you. props yeah. to you for picking me. <laughs> and actually props to all of you because i'm going to call time on this one we've gone off on all sorts of different tangents thank you alan selby um but thank you graylin thank you race thank you cigar pig that's what i'm calling you now <laughs> this has been really good and i think it's something that lots of people coming up i hope millennials and generation z see what we went through to have to hook up um, anything else you want to add? Make it short. Make it yeah. short. The, the producer is out of time. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to thank our new sponsor, Leather Daddy Skin Care, for uh, sponsoring us. Also, uh, we did just start a new merch line of t-shirts. So if you go to OnGuardGear.com, you can get new t-shirts. I'm not so. going to mention the t-shirt that you've not done yet, but... Yours, oh, the will, drummer t-shirt. there. Okay. What's the <laughs> other stuff? I mean, you only let us smell the cologne. What's oh, this you, other you, stuff? wait. This is uh, body wash. Lotion. Actually, this lotion you can put on. It, it feels really good. So, enjoy. But thank you for joining us. Uh, if you want to find us, our socials are listed mm, down oh below. <laughs> Except the pig has no socials. No socials. Uh. <laughs> and Graylin just started his own Twitter account for the first time. How's that going, Graylin? I Twittered once. You Twittered? And, and <laughs> I just want to follow people. I'm kind of surprised there's so much nudity. It's weird seeing your friends have sex. Yeah. You know the funny thing about this? is I replayed a Leatherman's discussion uh, panel that you were on, whether uh, leather titles were important anymore. And this was five years ago. And I kind of went through it, like I scanned it. The one clip that I landed on was you literally yelling at the camera going, if you're going to be doing a title, know how to do social media. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, this bitch has no social media. <laughs> it was only AOL then. <laughs> Five years ago. <laughs> so welcome. You can now see Graylin on Twitter. <laughs> but anyway, thank you guys for joining us. If you want to suggest topics for us to talk about in the future, leave them in the comments below. If you want to be notified, hopefully YouTube will notify you if you ring that bell. And please subscribe to this channel and tell your friends.
Anyway, thanks for joining us, and thank you guys. It's been insightful as always. Thank you. Bye. Bye.